Yellen sends one to right center and deep. Get up! hiatus took a like a brief two-week vacation here essentially from podcasting writing just about anything but after the all-star break i'm back and i feel very refreshed and and i am ready to go and you know the combination of just the holidays and then i was actually on vacation spent a week down in florida just kind of lost my motivation a little bit before all that hit and with all that going on Uh, Which, you know, is understandable, especially for us as, you know, aspiring writers, podcasters who do this for very little money and out of our own free time uh, with the hopes of someday making it big so we can quit our actual day jobs. I think I'm allowed a little two-week break, so I enjoyed it very much and I am also very glad to be back as well. I do not have Trevor with me here today. He does have some big news of his own, but let him break that once he is back on for a podcast with me here in the future, uh, but he is the host of the Packers Trilogy podcast. We have the Bucks Trilogy podcast as well, which in case you don't know, some great things are happening with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Absolutely awesome, the chance to win an NBA championship. But today I'm going to focus on the sweep of the Reds, which a lot better than our series before the All-Star break with the Reds officiating probably just almost as bad well maybe not the series before the ulcer break was really bad this there was a couple glimpses of that here in this weekend series post all-star break but as you know i'm going to get into our game recaps here game one was at 11 to 6 victory adrian hauser was the first starter after the break and adrian hauser did not have it we'll just leave it at that the crew went down four to one early on in this game in the first three innings, to be exact, Hauser walked three in that time frame, gave up four hits. He did have two outs in the first inning prior to issuing a walk to Vado that put two runners on base, and then Tyler Naquin hit a two-out, two-run scoring double. In the third, he hit Castellanos, which eventually knocked him out for the rest of the series, surrendered a single, and then Genio Suarez hit a double that scored another two runs. So from there, it's 4-1, to and thankfully, we would outscore the Reds at that point 10-2 to the remainder of the game. Willie Adamas and Luis Sirius were the big heroes in this one. Adamas played four runs with a two-run homer and a two-run double. Urias had two RBIs himself via a solo homer and a double. JBJ got the game-tying single in the sixth off what was ruled an infield single, but I think really was a play Jonathan India should have made. It took a couple hops to him right up the middle, and India just booted it. He looked like he tried to throw the ball before he had it. 
JBJ does get the credit with the single, but I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> we did add two runs on wild pitches in the eighth inning. In fact, they both almost came on one wild pitch, or the same wild pitch. Narvaez struck out, and Yelch scored from third easily, and then Adamas came around to initially score as well, but then after review, the ball sadly rolled out of play into the dugout, so Adamas had moved back to third. But then a few pitches later, Hendricks again threw another wild pitch, and Thomas then scored easily anyway. So that was quite funny. Uh, Pitching-wise, after Hauser, Cousins, and Boxberger each pitched scoreless innings, and then Sanchez gave up one run in his two innings of work to conclude the game, and the Brewers took this one 11-6. Game two was a very long but still thrilling 7-4 victory in 11 innings. Crazy game. It started at 6:10 Central Time, ended near midnight. Of course, it also featured a rain delay, but that's not what made this game all so crazy. It started off as a Woodruff and Castillo showdown. Woody had to work pretty hard early on and left the game at just five and two-thirds innings pitch and at 104 pitches. He did walk four bat- batters, which is very unusual for him. There also were some questionable calls from his umpiring crew which, given the last series, like I mentioned before, not that big of a surprise. After we finally got Castillo out of the game, we capitalized on the Reds' bullpen again for the second game in a row. In the seventh, back-to-back singles put runners on the corners. Yelich then hit an infield dribbler that scored Tyrone Taylor, followed by Adamas singling to tie the game. Stevenson, the Reds' catcher, likely had a play on Wong on that Adamas single, but he dropped the ball. And then the Reds just continued to collapse. They had a wild pitch attempt uh, when they were trying to get Adamas at second base. That set up an go-ahead Omar Narvaez sack fly to take a 3-2 lead. In the bottom of the seventh, Cousins was in. Got the first two batters out, one strike on Barnhart, and then the rain came down in buckets. So after a 30-plus minute rain delay, he then proceeded to strike Barnhart out on two pitches after the rain delay. So that was kind of cool. Uh, three-pitch strikeout separated by like 44 minutes. In the bottom of the eighth, Boxberger threw four pitches, with his last being a game-tying home run to Jonathan India. He was then removed from the game. Suter brought in relief. Hayter then came in the ninth. The game is tied. He struggled, but was bailed out by an insane defensive play from Luis Urias and likely saved the game with this play as well. It was a diving stab uh, to a grounder at third base. Ikino had reached via the walk prior to that, so Urias initiated this double play by throwing the second base on his knees. Wong then got the turn to be successful there. Urias then immediately used the momentum and at the plate gave the Brewers a 4-3 lead in the 10th by singling into center field to score, obviously, Garcia. That was really made possible due to the infield being drawn in because it did not hit it very hard, but it hit an RBI nonetheless. And then with our bullpen depleted, one run lead, we send forth Gustave to get a save. In the 10th inning, who did not convert, Urias now had an error to begin that inning, a hard hit ground to right at him. This was a fielding error. Lorenzen would then later on score from third base on a sack fly, in which looked like he injured his hamstring on the way home, but Yelich's throw was just so pathetically awful that he was still safe by a mile. So that tied the game up. We go to 11. Yelich made up for his crappy throw by starting the inning off with a a run-scoring double and then later scored on an infield dribbler back to the pitcher as he had a great jump in secondary lead and belly-flopped home to give the Brewers a 6-4 lead. 
Jace Peterson then had a sack fly to make it 7-4. to four. And that's where this one stood. Gustave went in to pitch the bottom of the 11th again, and this time got the job done. But as I mentioned, it was a crazy game. Despite needing extra innings, the Brewers never had an offensive 1-2-3 inning. They had their leadoff hitter on 6 out of the 11 innings, and they out-hit the Reds 15-5, to five, but yet still needed extra innings to win this game. Game three going for the sweep, and we get it. A shutout, 8-0. to zero. The Brewers drew Sonny Gray on the Sunday finale, and they should have roughed him up for more runs. We loaded the bases in the first, but managed just one, which came via a bases-loaded hit-by-pitch from Rowdy Tellez. Uh, we remained quiet after that until the fifth inning. Tyrone Taylor broke through with a two-RBI single, and then JBJ in the same inning hit a two-RBI triple. That makes it a four-run inning. Yelich added a solo homer in the seventh. Willie Adamas a two-run blast in the ninth to really break it open even more. But the story of this game was Corbin Burns. With a little help from a Sunday strike zone, he was super efficient in this game and almost managed to throw the team's first complete game shutout since 2014. But like I said, almost. Did not quite get it. He had the opportunity. He was out there in the ninth. In the ninth. He allowed a single. Tellez had a chance to turn two to end the game, but double clutch ended up throwing the ball over Adams' head at second base. Thankfully, Urias was there to back him up, and the runner said to stay put. But Council still up Burns in, and then another infield single loaded the bases, and that's when Burns got yanked. Finished the game with 12 strikeouts, struck out the side twice, didn't allow a single runner into scoring position until the ninth, and still ended up with zero earned runs allowed because once Perdomo came in to relief Burns, he struck out the next two Reds. And that is how we concluded this sweep. We extended our lead to seven games in the National League Central now at that time. Brewers are really building upon something special there. And speaking of building, you should be trying Built Bar. They are a great tasting protein bar. We are offering you 10% off your order by using the promo code TRILOGY. Again, along with the great taste, they have just an incredible amount of different flavors. Anything you like from chocolate raspberry, plain chocolate, peanut butter, mint, Whatever you like, they have it. And again, we are giving you 10% off. Use the promo code TRILOGY upon checkout to get 10% off your order. Aside from Burns just missing out on a complete game shoutout, which I'm glad that Craig Council even gave him the shot to, <laughs> there were some other storylines from this as well. The biggest being Willie Adamas. A dude had a series. He's my series MVP. 8 of 13, 3 walks, 2 homers, 1 double, 7 runs batted in. Just some absolutely insane stuff. I mean, he comes up with hits when the Brewers are ahead by a lot. He comes up with hits when the game is in the balance, when we need a clutch hit or an early run. You name it, he is there delivering. There, there's a lot of people, and I saw this tweeted out by national media today, Willie Adamas, National League MVP. And I was like, holy shit, like, if, if national media people are saying that, like, 
Maybe, maybe there's a chance. Obviously, Fernando Tatis Jr., another incredible shortstop in the National League, <laughs> would be a big competitor for him. And in fact, since Willie Adamas Day on May 22nd, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. still does have a little bit more of an impressive stat line just looking at the peripheries. Higher, I think pretty much everything. Average on base percentage, definitely OPS, um, more home runs, uh, more RBIs. But Willie Adamas is not very far behind, and what he's contributed to this team is just insane. So I know that always gets taken into consideration as well with MVP voting. And I think I'm actually going to article about it because I'm going to dig a little bit more into it. But Willie Adamas is starting to get that sort of national recognition, which is crazy because we're three games post-All-Star break here now. <laughs> and uh, uh, speaking of great performances, Luis Urias had a great opening series here. 6 of 14, a homer, two doubles, three RBIs, two walks. Had a bunch of spectacular web gems defensively. I mentioned the double play turn from his knees and extra innings in that same game. He leaped, literally leaped foul to catch a liner, landed way outside the foul territory line, but held on to the ball. Like the reaction time, the ability to lay out that far, it's just crazy. And his bat, we know, has been coming along since Willie Adamas Day as well. And, you know, I had, I was at least pre-All-Star break and before my last podcast, you know, towards the end of June, I was like, yeah, you know, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see how, how real is this. But I, at this point, I'm ready to commit to Luis Arias being the dude at third base. I think he has that locked up. I do not think third base is an area that the Brewers are going to look to improve upon become this trade deadline because of how he is playing. Now, first base, that's a different story. Uh, Keston Hira, he got one at bat this series. Tellez, he started on Sunday. Jace Peterson started all weekend. Friday and Saturday, he started at first base, and Sunday, he started at second base. Jace is getting it done. Jace was 3 of 12 this series, two walks, did strike out three times, and had one RBI. But he knows how to contribute in so many different ways. He had a, a great instance in the Sunday finale. He got caught in a rundown between third and home. He stayed in that long enough to allow the runners to advance to third and second base. That's a little small thing that does not show up in the box score. We know he gets on base. He's a, he's a former first-round pick that just never panned out anywhere. And is suddenly finding a niche with Milwaukee, which just seems to be a theme throughout this David Stearns era. Do I think Jace Peterson is our first baseman the remainder of the season? Probably not. I, I'm assuming they're going to want to add a power bat there. Uh, but it's good to have Jace Peterson to rely upon because you can throw him anywhere else in this infield. We don't know what the hell is going to happen with the injury bug. Colton Wong's been banged up a couple times this year. Willie Adamas is going to need days off. Same with Alicia Rios. So Peterson is a good person to have as your utility infielder, if that's what his role is going into, hopefully the playoffs. Um, I, I'm just assuming that we're going to add a, a bat at first base. But for right now, it's Jace Peterson. Right out of the gates, Craig Council went right to him. He was having success before the All-Star break and is still having it afterwards. And I'm going to expect that to continue until 
uh, some other proven player comes in. I, I think we're done giving Kess and Hira chances. I think Tellez will get a few shots here, maybe. Um, but it's not going to be very often. And, and I mentioned the word injuries earlier. I guess other big news out of this weekend was that Devin Williams is going on the IL. Sounds like it's a precautionary injury. He had some elbow stiffness before it was either Friday or Saturday's game. They did a MRI just to make sure. No structural damage. Everything is good in that regard. Sounds like it should just be the minimum 10 days on the IL, and then he should be back after that. Uh, but that, that certainly leaves an eighth inning void for the next 10 days, which I think in that time frame we have a couple off days. So we only play like seven games. And then when Brad Boxberger initially went out with some shoulder stiffness, I was like, holy cow, we lost like our two high leverage guys in one day. Uh, but Boxberger sounds like not a very serious thing there, not even require a stint to the aisle, at least what's been announced as I'm recording this. Uh, but I would like to see maybe a Jake Cousins get an opportunity in the eighth inning. I think having him just gain some experience there could go a long ways you know, going forward because I think Jake Cousins is going to be a big piece of this bullpen in September, maybe even October, and having some late-inning experience under that pressure um, is going to be good for him. So why not throw him out there right now while Williams is hopefully just requiring the minimum 10 days? Hunter Strickland could also see an eighth-inning appearance or two. He's had quite the ride in 2021, was pitching high leverage spots in the eighth inning with the Rays earlier this year, then got traded to, what was it, the Angels or the someone out west, and just did terrible, and then we swept in and acquired him after he got DFA'd, and he has been pitching spectacular for us. But again, he has that experience, and I really like the way this Brewers bullpen, if you think about it from an experience standpoint, is shaking up because you have... Strickland, you'll have Boxberger, all of guys who have closing experience, late inning experience, they're veterans. Those are the guys you want in the postseason, and you mix that in with a Jake Cousins or a Justin Topa, some wild cards who uh, can perform really well. That's a good mixture to have of veterans and young players, and they can really lean upon one another. Sorry, but I got a little sidetracked there. I've been writing some articles now that I'm back at it, and that's been a big talking point for me as I look towards like relief pitchers to target at the trade deadline, which speaking of the trade deadline, because I was slacking the last couple weeks, I'm going to have a special podcast come out, just a trade deadline preview. I think that's going to come out on Tuesday morning, so keep your eyes out for that. Uh, but I'm going to dial it back here quick one more time to the Red Series, go over some more notable performances here. Colton Wong, 4-9 with a walk and a ribby. Again, when he comes off the IL, he just hits, uh, which is awesome to see. We mentioned Corbin Burns' performance already, and Brandon Woodruff, as I mentioned, struggled a little bit, but still, despite his four walks, only gave up two hits and five and two-thirds innings pitch, one earned run for him. And then Jake Cousins, speaking of him, went two innings this series, struck out four batters. So some good stuff coming out of all of those guys. And and now we have to shift our attention to the Royals. We have an off day on Monday, so it's Royals Tuesday and Wednesday. And in fact, the 
Game time has been shifted for Tuesday. Initially, I think it was 6 or 7 o'clock, but now it's 3.10 because that other important Milwaukee team is playing late on Tuesday. So 3.10 versus the Royals Tuesday, and then Wednesday is a 1.10 game. So if you're like me and work, good luck catching majority of those games. There'll probably be recordings that I'm watching. Uh, and then they're off on Thursday again before a weekend series against the White Sox. But starting pitchers for the Royals will be Lauer and Anderson. Lauer is going to go up against Mike Miner, so battle of two lefties there. Uh, in fact, we're pitching two lefties against the Royals here as we look for a little redemption because I believe we got swept by them the last time we played them around that June or May time frame. And in case you're wondering where on earth Freddy Peralta is, the Brewers announced they're going to give him some extra rest. He did pitch in the All-Star game. In case you missed it, he struck out all three of his batters. And just getting a little bit extra time here. He's going to get like a whole almost like nine, ten days before in between at least pitching in a live game. He's going to pitch sometime in the White Sox series. So next or this coming weekend here as I'm recording this, do not know which day yet. But it's just all long-term health, right? We've seen how the Brewers have struggled with injuries this year. They've done a good job protecting their starters, which is a big strength that we're going to need in the second half. We went to the six-man rotation. We're giving Peralta longer time to rest here after the All-Star break, which he hasn't been a starter throughout a complete season before. So why not give him some of this time frame? Freddie Peralta in the playoffs is a huge X factor, right? To have a like legit ace as your third starter to throw out there in the third game of a series in the playoffs is crazy. So we want to keep him healthy for sure because we know Woody and Burns are going to continue to be horses. I mean, they both threw over 100 pitches in their first outings after the All-Star break. So uh, Craig Council not holding back like he used to, but these this is an incredible three-pitch or three-pitcher monster that he has there. So I, as much as, you know, I was against the six-man rotation, I'm, as much as I was initially, I'm not against it now. I am not against resting Freddie Peralta uh, to in protection of his health. So we will have to wait for him. But that's going to wrap me up here for today. As I mentioned, I'm going to have a trade deadline podcast that will be coming out on Tuesday. I'm going to be diving in a little bit more into Adamus verse. Tatis, that will be an article that will get published out here in the next couple days once I, I do some more digging around. And you can find all that writing at Reviewing the Brew and at Wisconsin Sports Heroics. So give each of them a follow to stay up to date with the Brewers. And I will talk to you next time, Brewer fans.